my tax? How do you buy a house? I failed an assessment task. How do I tell my parents? Is it better to do a VCE subject at Scaled Up? Do you have questions about being an adult? Questions about school? Questions about the existence of unicorns? Hi, I'm Ms Ralston, I'm a teacher, and I'm here to help. This is the Not-So-Simple Guide to Adulting. Welcome to the new episode of the Not-So-Simple Guide to Adulting. Now, today we are joined by the absolutely phenomenal Dr. Barwick, who is giving up his free period to help me record this episode. Dr. Barwick, would you like to introduce yourself and share the most adulty thing you have done this week? Um, yeah. Um, hello. Um, it's me. Uh, the most adulty thing I've done this week is um, fill out some forms for, I don't, don't even know what it is, it's for my superannuation. It's something to do with declaring my superannuation or deducting it or something. I don't understand. My wife told me what I was doing and I said yes. And that's as adulting as it gets. I think dealing with super though is, is very adulting. My wife is not impressed though. I'm impressed. The only number I've ever remembered other than my mum's phone number is my tax file number. And so that's the only num number I've memorized. So she can ask me and I can give it to her, but I don't, I, I don't know anything else and I can't really feel that a tax return properly either. I feel like memorizing a tax file number is very impressive. They're, they're quite long. Yeah, but there's no depth to that because I can do the number, but nothing else. I don't know. I'm still very impressed by that. <laughs> okay, Dr. Barwick. So the first question that the students send in for you is, mm -hmm. what are some things that you should do at uni in your opinion? that will make you a better fit for employment? And so the examples of students are given are things like getting a job, going on exchange or volunteering. Mm. Um, so I'll, I'll, as I often do, I'll answer that by not answering it. I think what you need to do, and I found this by doing, trying lots of different unis and lots of different courses, you actually need to do the thing that you actually really desperately want to do. So study the thing you really desperately want to study. Because, I mean, for me, if you really care about what you studied, the results will show in how you proceed through the course. And by the time you get to your start of your employment, your start of your career, you'll still really be interested in that thing. In fact, you should be more interested in doing that thing. So for me, studying literature and languages and linguistics, I was really interested and I really look forward to the idea of actually sharing that with students. But the other things I tried to study after a little while of studying them, I thought, oh, I, can't, I can't imagine spending my life being involved in these areas. And that made me want to sort of switch off straight away. And one thing is I, I could say really clearly that, that the students, the, the, the students at McRob are wonderful in terms of doing things like um, volunteering and all those other sorts of extracurricular things. I've never been involved in those and, and the students at McRob make me feel incredibly guilty because I don't do those things. So I would encourage you to do them and it just confirms that you're better than I am as human beings and you should keep doing that. But I'm sure those things are wonderful, but actually caring about what you study is probably the primary thing for me. I think that's really good advice and I think especially the advice that students should pick something that they are desperate to study is advice that is really important for everyone who is listening when it comes to choosing a subject, when it comes to choosing your uni course, 
if you're able to choose things to study, to focus on that you are excited about, by the time you finish your course, you will be so much more passionate, so much more excited to get out to get a job that, you know, employers will see that enthusiasm and that passion and drive and be really impressed by all of it. Yeah, and I, and I do understand that, that I, and perhaps you as well, we say that, that sort of thing from quite a position of luxury in that I've been free to choose my whole life. Nobody has put pressure on me to do anything. And though I understand that a lot of students aren't entirely free and that, and so then the question is, do they go into battle to study the thing they want or do they follow where they're sort of encouraged to go? And that's quite challenging, I understand. But I, I think getting to the place where you can study what you want is really, really incredibly important. And otherwise you do risk, unfortunately, wasting a lot of time at uni and wasting a lot of money these days as well. I think that's really good advice for everyone out there to consider. So the second question the student sent in is, is it a good idea to study at uni abroad? And so this student is specifically asking about the UK because they were born there, but they've also said, is studying in America really all that prestigious? Um, the second one's going to be hard for me to answer, so I'll avoid that for the moment. In regard to studying overseas, so I guess I think I'm thinking about Europe where I was studying for a long time. I would say, I don't know if you will get you know, receive a better education or necessarily be in contact with better, better instructors, professors, or, you know, superior students. But I think it's all about the challenge that you place in front of yourself. So if you go into a completely foreign environment, even if it's not to study, if it's just to live or to work, and you actually confront all of those challenges and all of your fears, then theoretically that's going to be of benefit to you. Um, but I mean, I actually, when I was um, overseas, I had to adapt to new, completely different systems, completely different ways of learning. Um, and of course, everything was done in a different language. And so I really enjoyed that. I know the next question will come sort of touch on some other points, but I really enjoyed that. And, and as I've perhaps said previously, I was really proud of myself for actually being able to do all of those things. Um, and I feel as though I really benefited um, and, you know, I mean, this is fun as well. Like if you, you have the chance to study in Hamburg or I don't know, Marseille or, you know, London or anywhere. I mean, that's, that's a wonderful opportunity. Um, in relation to America, maybe you can answer for me. I, I don't know if there's much prestige <laughs> attached to American education anymore. Um, and so if I was given the opportunity to head, I would probably head towards perhaps Asia or Europe before I would head to America. I mean, do you have a feeling about that? I mean, I, I, I mean, I also studied overseas for a much shorter period of time than you did, Dr. Buck, and I feel like the people who are most impressed when I tell them that are always my students and that all of my friends are kind of like, yeah, okay, that's mm -hmm. cool. Yep. Um, but the students certainly seem really, really impressed. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if, if American colleges would have status i know there are some big names and i guess for some people's being able to say oh i studied at yale or mm -hmm. princeton or harvard or any of those there there might be some status boost there but i think for most people it's as you said it's more about the skills that you learned while you were studying mm -hmm. overseas and you can have those experiences and do all of that learning at any college or university or institution it doesn't necessarily have to be 
one of the really famous well-known ones. Yeah. I mean, I think I know when people, when people see, you know, on my CV or whatever, the, the, that I was at the university of Zurich, it sounds great. And people are like, Oh, that sounds cool. But I don't think it goes any further than that. Like, I don't think it has any greater meaning or I don't think it adds to my personal prestige. I, I, I think it's, it's all about my personal experience as opposed to anything else. And going to America again, I suppose it would be a wonderful opportunity if you had it. And of course, if you were, if you came up for a scholarship or something or you could apply for one, then for sure, absolutely do that. But I don't know if that would be a, more beneficial than going to, I don't know, New Zealand or Brazil, or I, I don't really know. Yeah. And just on scholarships as well, Dr. Buck, that's a great thing to mention. Um, mm-hmm. There are tons of scholarships out there when you get to uni to help you study overseas. And I know when I applied for my course to study overseas, I didn't even think about how much it was going to cost me until I got the bill <laughs> from the college. And then I kind of like had a little bit of a freak out of like, how am I actually going to afford this? Um, and when I went to speak to the lovely people at the student placement office, they were like, oh yeah, here are the 20 scholarships we'd recommend you apply for today. And we can approve five of these straight away for you to help cover all of those costs. So studying overseas can seem like a really expensive thing. And if you do study overseas and get that first bill, it might be really scary. But remember, there are lots of scholarships and programs out there to make studying overseas more affordable. And also, I mean, from where I was, like I was in Switzerland, but also the same with Germany. Actually, the university fees are incredibly, incredibly cheap. It's like the olden days in Australia. So if you can cover your living expenses, then actually going to uni itself is really, really cheap. And so the final question, Dr. Bowick, is in your opinion, what are the biggest challenges and the biggest rewards of studying overseas? Um, so uh, the, the challenge one is really easy. That is loneliness. I found it incredibly lonely studying overseas. I was very fortunate because because my wife, she was the reason I was overseas. So I had her at home, but going to uni was quite difficult in that I often found that initially people would be like, ooh, Australian, that's fun. And so that would be my friend for a short period of time. And then they were like, yeah, all right, yes, I've met you now. And so you do end up spending a lot of time alone or with other overseas students who would like to be hanging out with the locals but haven't quite succeeded and so there is a you know there's a lot of that there's a lot of isolation and you have to work really hard to build new friendships and student overseas students come and go come and go and so you build friendships and then they disappear and you build a new friendship and people disappear so it's it's quite hard if you stay for a longer period of time i think the rewards are i would say more or less boundless in terms of your feeling of satisfaction and achievement in actually have negotiating negotiated your way through an entirely foreign university in a foreign country. It might've come with learning the language and succeeding in all the courses, coming to grips with the way people study in other countries, becoming incredibly self-reliant and independent. All of those things are just fantastic. And of course, just the fact that you're in a foreign place and it's fun to be in foreign places. It's always really fun. Um, so the, the benefits far outweigh any of the difficulties. And I've, I've had friends as well, perhaps you have as well, who have told me horror stories about times away and studying overseas and just terrible, terrible stories. And that they've all said, yeah, but I'm glad I did it. Like, I'm really glad I did it. Like, it was horrible, but I learned so much. 
for me, it was the, it was the opposite. I didn't have any negative experiences at all. Um, and so I would heartily recommend it. I'm glad I did it. And I'm glad I spent so, so long in another country doing all those things. That's excellent. I, I really like that you emphasize, you know, there are challenges, but those, the, the potential for rewards and the potential for this experience to shape you and change you and make you a better human, they're kind of limitless. And I think lots of people who study overseas talk about all of these wonderful experiences that they've had, things that they never would have gotten to do at an Australian university or if they had just stayed in Australia, you know, all of those wonderful things. Um, is there something that comes to mind for you, Dr. Bowick, an experience that you had at a uni overseas that was really special that has had an impact on you? I know that's a question that wasn't on the pre-approved list. <laughs> Um, and it's not an easy question to answer. No, it's it's not. There's there's not a specific thing, but I can say one thing for sure: that the the person, um, um, her name is uh, Professor Elizabeth Bronfen. She was my um, supervisor for my masters and for my PhD, um, and she is. And I don't really have inspirational figures in my life or heroes or anything like that. But just the fact that coming across a person of such incredible intellect and somebody who works so hard and does so much and has so many great ideas and is so creative and uh, it's just an endless whirlwind of ideas and pr productivity was something that was really really meaningful to me and perhaps I could have met her in a different country but just being in Zurich with her and actually having her as a role model was really really important to me and I might not have you know spent as much time as you at uni as I did without having met her so that was just wonderful for me that's awesome that's really really inspiring to hear okay and so the final question that I have for you Dr Barrick is if you could give everyone out there listening one piece of advice about being a young person what would it be what's your piece of advice well, no one's actually asked me this question. Good. So normally I just ask the question and I sit back and I feel yeah. like I, I learn a lot. I think my biggest piece of advice for young people is you are brighter than you know. And I don't necessarily mean brighter in terms of academic, but I mean brighter in terms of if you were a light, none of us have a good gauge on how bright we shine. And I think everyone needs to be reminded of the fact that you are brighter and bigger and more important to this world and the people in it than you realize. I'd also say be kind to yourself and take care of yourself. I know that's how I end all of my classes. I think my students are probably tired of hearing that, but it is really important to check in with yourself and make sure that you are okay, that you are taking care of yourself, especially in 2020, especially with everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. um, I think that would be my advice. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll write on your coattails by saying, um, trust yourself. Um, that's one of the conversations I assume you have as well. That one of the primary conversations I have at McRob is, is encouraging everybody to believe that what they have to say is really valuable. And so trusting yourself is really, really important. And I didn't know that this was going to be my job at McRob <laughs> saying things like this, cause I'm not an inspirational person and I'm not a positive person by nature. But it just astonishes me um, sometimes how so many incredibly talented people can doubt themselves. And so I keep saying, trust yourself. I think that's 
that's a really lovely note for us to end on Dr. Balik. And I am incredibly lucky to work with Dr. Balik. And I think that, you know, every time you come into a class and speak to students, and I know I've roped you into these kind of conversations mm -hmm. with lots of students lots of times, I feel like you are an inspirational person and the honesty and the openness that you talk about your life and your experiences and your willingness to share those with students so that they can learn. And also with me, because I know I sit in the back of a lot of the classrooms with a little notepad. I'm like, I'm going to write this down. This is good advice. I should remember this more. So thank you for coming on this episode of the podcast, but also thank you for all of those things that you do every day, reminding students to trust themselves and be kind to themselves. I think that is so important. Thanks, Steph. You're very, you're very kind to me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Not So Simple Guide to Adulting. If you heard something today that sparked a question, check out our website. The link's in the description and there's a place for you to send in a question that you would like an answer to. Take care of yourselves and be kind to yourselves because adulting is not so simple. I'll see you later.